0: Uh, Welcome, NORDA, one more time to the NORDA Research Podcast. We are excited to today have some special guests with us who are going to talk to us a little bit about some research they've published. We've got Kieran Alowitz, John Wu, Justin Taylor, Omar Balak, and Kira Haramis. Not to mention the amazing Dr. Kota Ramana. Thank you. Super excited to have you guys. So welcome today. Um, Dr. Kriak, I understand that they had uh, some research that's recently been accepted for publication.
1: Absolutely, and you know, I took a I took a slight glance at it, and I think it uh, I think it looks absolutely fantastic. But I would love for the group, uh, if you'd be so honored, is to talk to us about it. What did you do? Um, uh, what are your thoughts? Any next steps? All that kind of good stuff.
2: Let, let me start that with why actually we started this review article because some of our students are working on this compound. It's a lipid-soluble derivative of water-soluble thiamine. Because it is an excellent uh, derivative because uh, it is absorbed in the intestine very fast when compared to the water-soluble vitamin because it is a lipid-soluble. It has a much uh, a better oral retention time and bioavailability, and it is it stays in the body very long. So, some of uh, two teams, I think, four of our students are working on this compound to check how this compound could act as an anti-cancer agent. So, specifically, they are using uh, lung cancer cells, and uh, particularly in vitro studies, they will going to start it, and then they are going to study in uh, nude mice xenografts how lung cancer growth is inhibited by this compound and second group is what will be working on how this compound prevents angiogenesis process formation of new blood vessels so that is also required for cancer so to get acquainted with this compound i asked these people to write a review article so that's how they will learn about this compound and work on it that is the background why we started this article
0: fascinating fascinating so have you found just as a just a quick follow up question we've got a A lipid soluble derivative of thiamine, Um, is it possible that this particular compound can build up in the system and be bioavailable for longer
2: periods of time at at the same quantities as a liquid? It's required a little bit less quantity when compared to the thiamine. Thiamine generally used up to two grams, Hmm. but here it is effective from 100 milligram to 600 milligrams. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. And would
0: you guys tell us a little bit about what your experience was like writing it and what you found and what was interesting about this process?
3: Yeah, I guess I guess I'll go. I I thought it was very fascinating before coming to Norda. I hadn't been involved in much research, Uh, had maybe little projects here and there, but nothing really big. Um, This paper was really fascinating to write. Um, I'm actually part of the group that will be doing the angiogenesis study, so this was very helpful for me to understand uh, what benphonamine specifically does. Um, It was also fascinating to look at it in different diseases. Each of us had a a specific focus uh, looking at how it it, uh, can help in inhibiting the pathogenesis or pathophysiology of different diseases, and I thought that was very fascinating. Thanks. Yeah, I contributed to the portion on neurological complications, and now that we're entering neuro in our current coursework, I'm very thankful for having done this, so it's been very nice to have it cross over and benefit us that way.
4: So I actually um, joined this research project a little later because um, uh, my previous one ended, so I, I joined on late, but um reading the paper I did on um, some of the editing and I was super excited about the research we're doing because um, I actually have a background in nutritional biochemistry and I really like like inflammation and how it affects so many things, which was a um, big part of this paper and other research projects we're working on. So I'm just really excited about this and um, loved joining the project.
3: Awesome. I'll also chime in here for a bit. Yeah, I was. um, So I was part of the inflammation uh, portion of the paper. Um, Again, kind of just stemming off of what Kira said. It was really cool to see um, all of the different pathologies and the different mechanisms by which uh, benfotamine works in the body. um, And definitely, kind of the future potential for research that we came across through there's definitely still a lot more work to be done a lot more to be understood about exactly what we've got here
1: and just kind of to branch off of that you know so you know you, there there is a lot of work um you know obviously we know the many of the different causes of thymine deficiency you know it can be whether it be liver disease alcoholism um, um anorexia um what kind of future directions do you guys see is you know, I mean, um, uh, your study is absolutely amazing. But you know, where might you take this, and then where might you take this next?
0: John, do you have any thoughts on that? John Wu, John, John, you.
4: <laughs> yeah, John, you. Um, I mean, definitely. I feel like with the relevance of, like, right now we're in a global pandemic, right? And seeing that part of part of what I contributed to was how. Benfordium mean, plays a role in reducing the severity of COVID-19 and COVID-19 symptoms in patients. So, like you mentioned, like a lot of those um, encephal enceph- encephalopathy and like other associated symptoms that are commonly seen in COVID-19, I feel like it definitely has a lot of potential, and it plays a role in, you know, treating patients that are having symptoms like hypoxia and and reducing that. And so it's definitely an ongoing research. There isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot of like research right now available about the mechanism of how benfotiamine um, impacts COVID-19. So I thought it was really interesting to see how, you know, there's a lot of extrapolation going on, how we can see how this, our research right now could definitely play a role in in our current society and how definitely could help us handle this pandemic so
0: so for for those of us that that are new to the benfodiamine game here um would you tell us just briefly um where what's the best source of benfodiamine um i mean we've we've heard of vitamin b1 thiamine but i think most of us probably are not as familiar with benfodiamine and
2: where it's going to be located where we can find those types of things generally you can find this compound in the roasted garlic, a garlic family of uh, plants, but it can also be synthesized as aryl derivative of uh, thiamine. It's both synthetic as well as naturally occurring, mostly in the garlic species plants.
0: So the roasting process, does it is it is the heat itself part yes. of what's converting and creating thiamine? Yes. So if we wanted to, to roast some garlic, to maximize our benfodiamine intake. Um, is there a particular length of time, a heat level? What see, would be that, ideal?
2: See, that is a good thing. See, in India, people say that eat a couple of roasted garlic before you eat food, actually. Yeah. So that will create you, it has a system, inflammation down, and schools down. It is actually practicing from a number of years that. But even though we don't know what the natural component inside. Like, now we know what is it.
0: Interesting. So is that something you as a group have you have you branched into this i know as a family we do occasionally we have homemade pizza night and and we'll take big cloves of garlic roast them first and then place those on top of the pizza is that something you guys have experimented with since doing this research
3: i'll admit i haven't done that yet but that's something that i definitely should do i should have a pizza night invite some <laughs> yeah we love our we love our roasted garlic but we have not uh Applied analytical methods.
4: <laughs> I've actually shared um, there's research with my mom and she's been super interested in it. And so she's been talking about ways in using roasted garlic. Awesome. Yeah, awesome.
3: yeah actually, yes. uh, doc, Dr. Bills, I feel like you do bring up a good point. Um, I think I would be curious to see how, you know, the benfodiamine levels in garlic are affected by, you know, how long you roast the garlic at what temperature you do it at um it's definitely a place for you know future future expeditions
1: and then the pharmacologist in me is thinking you know when you're talking about this and you know you've you know with benfotiamine being the you know more lipid soluble you know what are ways to increase overall bioavailability of the drug um you know is it best taken on you know is it best taken on an empty stomach or with other fatty foods or you know, sh- are there things that you shouldn't and shouldn't take or you should or shouldn't take with it? You know, I mean, that's that's how I think that's how my mind works. So I mean, just, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement here, as in the potential
2: um, Yeah, it has gone to several clinical trials for diabetes complications and found that no side effects. It's safe to use up to one gram of the compound.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Some side effect like uh, skin rashes, they are very common but they're irreversible, so they don't care.
0: I, I did read somewhere that the uh, the one side effect of one gram of benfodiamine is that you have to eat a pound of roasted garlic and no one wants to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
1: so, <true. laughs> so one of the things that I might throw out there is, so, you know, obviously, you know, um, the group I'm sure is well aware of the difference between uh, your water-soluble and fat-soluble vitamins and that your Fat-soluble vitamins can stick around for a little longer and have an um, have an increased risk of toxicity for overconsumption. Whereas your water, whereas your water-soluble vitamins, you you don't have that risk. So you know, again, you know, something just to consider, just to throw out there. You know, um, again, if they, you know, as you increase the lipid solubility, could there be a potential somewhere down the road? Um, you know, or is there sorry, is there a potential? um for an increased risk of toxicity uh with this compound just something to think about
2: As for the research shows with the doses up to one gram they're okay but for anything excess is always not good
0: I would imagine that one gram equates to you'd have to eat a lot of garlic before that's going
1: to be a worry (laughs) yeah that's true
2: (laughs) even a lot of studies shows that vitamin D is very good you mean preventing the COVID-19 symptoms. But if you take uh, vitamin D excess, it's very t- highly toxic. You know, mm-hmm. that. yeah, yep. yeah. Like similarly, vitamin C, which is water soluble. If you take more, it is an, an- instead of uh, antioxidant. It is an oxidant. Right. Yeah. Luckily,
0: with vitamin C, you'll just. Uh, well, let's just say it'll it'll ballistically exit your body. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. we We just could not be more proud as a, as an orta community and and seeing the the great work that you guys did, I think is an inspiration to the entire class. And so thank you guys so much for for contributing this way and furthering the body of knowledge and and some potentials for improving the health of of your future patients. Um, I think our our last item uh, for the day is we want to remind everybody that next Friday, <laughs> I almost said Thursday, next Friday, May 13th, is our NORDA Research Symposium. And so we have four podium presentations that are queued up. Uh, We've got a lot of wonderful poster presentations. And we have a keynote speaker, uh, Dr. Jordan Jorgensen from Brigham Young University uh, will come and and be our keynote speaker to talk a little bit uh, about some of the underlying mechanisms of addiction. Um, So we are very excited to see you all there and have a fabulous day.